0: You're listening to the Superpod HeroCast, a Night Shift Radio production.
1: Hello, I'm Casey Ryan. And I'm Todd Panic. The Superpod HeroCast supports the striking writers and performers in their negotiation with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers.
0: Neither Casey nor myself are members of either of the striking unions, the Writers Guild of America and the Screen Actors Guild, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, But we believe that the stories we love and the movies that capture our wonder would not be possible without the writers and performers currently on strike. We are on the
1: side of these artists. Our podcast does not promote struck work nor the work that would be struck today. Rather than promote, we dissect, analyze, and opine on these movies. We think that we can continue to produce our podcast while supporting the striking artists.
0: If you are able, we ask you to support the WGA and SAG-AFTRA and their members as they fight for modern contracts that reflect modern issues. For more information, you can go to sagaftrastrike.org or WGA.org or find the links in our liner notes.
1: Thank you and be heroic. What, what just beeped? Who, who's beeping?
0: Was something beeping? I hear no beep.
1: Oh, uh, I see what happened. Uh-oh. An old... Oh, please leave this in.
0: Oh, don't worry.
1: <laughs> there we go. An old meet opened up when I opened up my uh, Night Shift radio oh. on the on the Chrome. It was like, hey, are you still there? I'm like, no. No. I'm here. I'm in this room. I'm Fuck you. Here. Go away. Yeah. Where all the <laughs> cool kids are. It's like there were multiple rooms, much like a apartment complex where <laughs> most of this movie takes place. I was
0: like, where are you? Oh, I got gotcha. you. Okay. <laughs>
1: welcome to the super pod hero cast
0: guys with beers talking about movies with capes
1: (laughs) episode 124 I'm Casey Ryan
0: and I'm Todd Panic, and And we we watch watch dread Dread. Uh, we are also guys drinking beers who happen to have beards
1: yes I've been told not to shave my beard I need to verify that I can't trim it for your show. For Sweeney, yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, She's like, you're not allowed to shave your beard. I'm like, oh, don't worry. I rarely do that. I thought,
0: and how little I know of musical theater, I thought, uh, is Sweeney Todd typically a character with a beard? Or for you, they're saying?
1: For this, I think it's because Mr. Josh Groban is currently on Broadway doing it, and he also has a beard. Um, It's kind of, that's what happens. What's her name? (laughs) <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> Annalee Ashford Okay, all right That's his co-star Got it, all right <laughs> And she's wonderful No, I mean, there was a time Move
0: like, it along, guys Casey, we're not here to talk about Sweeney Todd in musical theater
1: No, we're here to talk about a guy whose hair we never see No clue, yeah It could be a mullet, mohawk It could be bright pink
0: Chrome dome, We we don't know Yeah But of course, we can't just jump right into a discussion about the movie
1: Oh, good lord, no Uh, I mean, as you said, since we are... Guys with beers
0: talking about movies with capes. What are we drinking? Our beer this evening comes to us, like so many of our beers, from our good friends over at Branching Out Bottle Shop in Camillus, New York. This was one of those sessions where I walked in, gave uh, Barley some late birthday scratches, said hello, Mm. and within a couple of minutes uh, had a beer. So we had a little minor uh, real-life adjusting-on-the-fly scheduling, so we were supposed to record a few days ago. So you've had this Mm -hmm. beer in your house a couple days.
1: Still don't know what the fuck it has to do with the movie.
0: Okay, perfect. That's what I was hoping. So, <laughs> Judge Dread is one of those geek properties that's an import, right? It's a it's a long running British property, a lot of tradition there. Uh, much like Doctor Who, I thought it was really appropriate that and a great British beer to drink to honor this timeless. There person. So, it is. This is absolutely the oldest tradition beer that we've drank so far on the podcast. So. We are drinking a beer from Green King slash Moreland Brewery. And (laughs) let me give you the the one paragraph here on the brewery. Brewing has been carried out commercially in Abigdon for centuries, including at the Abbey prior to its dissolution in 1538. Jump ahead to 1711. A farmer, John Moreland, set up a brewery in West Ilsley, Oxfordshire, brewing fine ale and porters for pubs in, in and around London. In the 1860s, Moreland's acquired local competitors Abbey Brewery and Eagle Brewery and moved its operation to Westgate Street in Abingdon. Reflecting its growth, Moreland's changed its name to United Breweries in 1885. A new brew house was built in Ox Street in 1912. I mean, it's practically brand new. And the firm continued to buy up other breweries and pubs in the following decades. So... We are drinking a beer from Green King slash Moreland Brewery <laughs> that has a heritage of over 50 years. So um, so we
1: are drinking this their... Which is a baby beer.
0: Yeah. Uh, their Old Speckled Hen, which is a distinctive English pale ale. Now, this is actually a uh, a nitro beer. So we're going to have some interesting pour action happening here. Um, it is
1: a nitro beer? Uh...
0: That's what it's... Where did I just see that?
1: I don't see it oh, on this can.
0: I thought it was on... Oh, I wonder if it was on the, the external laboring. Maybe... No, maybe not. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, there it, it it's It's nitro can it's down at the bottom. Yep. yep, that's where I saw So the Old Speckled Hen, the hen's 50-year heritage. By 1928, the company owned four breweries in the town. The Abbey Brewery in Thames Street, the Eagle Brewery, and the Tower Steam Brewery in Ox Street, and the Sturt Street Brewery. Okay. Over the following couple of decades, United Breweries enjoyed substantial success and reverted to the Moreland name in 1944. This success culminated in 1979 with the creation of their beloved Old Speckled Hen, the number one premium ale to date. So literally a brewery whose traditions go back hundreds of years and a beer whose tradition goes back over 50. So, Mm. um Actually, I'm not sure how they're getting 50 from 1979, because that's 21 plus 23. So close to 50 years. But uh, so this is a...
1: Oh, wait, wait. That was nice.
0: Uh, I hope it. yours, Mike, picked it up. Mine didn't.
1: Oh, yeah, it picked up. The wave went real big.
0: Got it, got it. All
1: You'll right. hear it when you edit this part.
0: I'm always fascinated by nitro beers that aren't stouts. It always makes for an interesting combination. What's the, uh... Boddington's is the kind of English pub beer that I've drank a number of. I've never had this one before. That's
1: gonna hurt. Look at how little the head is on this.
0: Oh, did you pour it aggressively? I should have given you a
1: heads up. sure did. You know, I did.
0: Interesting. Did you get the cascading down through it?
1: Yeah, but it's... Yeah, it's... Okay. mm.
0: Well, that's interesting. All right. Well, Well, uh... We'll give the old speckled hen a chance here.
1: Cheers, Cheers my buddy. friend. Oh, hmm.
0: that is just an easy drinking beer. Mm-hmm. Our buddy Talon from Fourth Pillar Play loves a cream ale, and I feel like this has a creaminess that mm-hmm. he would really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is a pub beer that makes me want to be sitting in the pub.
1: Okay, all right. Holding court. <laughs> hey, you know who does hold court? Who holds court? Judge Dread. I'm the law. That's the other one. How dare you? Uh, nope. We're not talking about that one. We're not. We're here to talk about Carl Urban. So let's talk about
0: Judge Stradd. As I mentioned, he is a character whose roots go back many decades. He was created in 1977, and he shows up in this, in this uh, title over in Britain called 2000 AD, which is a basically a weekly anthology comic. So mm-hmm. I think of it very much in the same vein of like heavy metal. Right? Yeah, like, very
1: pulpy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and you'd get, like, multiple stories, and they would span multiple issues. And Judge Dredd is, I believe, their longest-running character. So he shows up in 1977. 1990, he gets his own title, the Judge Dredd Mega Megacity, <laughs> right? Magazine. Yeah,
1: right. Megacity uh, 1, sir. Right, that's right. Which um, leads to, are there more than one Megacity, if it's Megacity 1? Is there another part of America that's? I'm sure there is because Mega
0: City One covers basically the east coast of North America.
1: Oh, yeah. Surprise. I did math. (laughs) Uh, It is from Boston to D.C. That is 400 miles of land. Wow. Straight shot. I mean, I'm sure it goes out or whatever the square mileage is. But to drive from Boston to D.C. is 400 miles. 440 miles, technically. I just said over 400. So that's the big fucking city.
0: So again, this is a comic that goes back decades. Oh, I'm
1: sorry. In this movie.
0: Oh, in this movie. Dread it, got it, got
1: specifically it. says, from Boston to D.C.
0: Got it. Okay. I know that in at least some iterations of the comic, it is literally like north of Maine down through Florida. So.
1: Right. But it is it always been the remnants of nuclear fallout? I
0: think so. You know, it's clearly this kind of post-apocalyptic land Mm -hmm. in another Dread movie that you and I talked about off uh, off mic. In between spaces are are a a nuclear wasteland. I think that's always been the theme, right? Like the result of a nuclear war. Yeah, I'm curious, if any, what was your interaction with Judge Dread growing up? Because I do feel like it, it fills a very similar space as Doctor Who, right? Like, not every not every geek that I knew was into British stuff, and um, I right. probably knew fewer people that were into Judge Dredd than weren't. But what about you?
1: I knew of Judge Dredd prior to the terrible Judge Dredd movie, um, <laughs> and then it was the Judge Dredd movie, and I was young enough that I was like, oh, well, that's got to be what the comic is like, so fuck that. I'm not reading that shit (laughs) sorely wrong. And then this movie came out, and I never saw this movie before this viewing. Oh, really? Yeah, because of the old movie. Casey still hasn't learned his lesson. It is why I went to go see Star Trek Generations in the theater and was like, when Star Trek First Contact came out, I'm like, nope, Generations wasn't that great. And it's the, and Star Trek First Contact is the second best Star Trek movie. Did the same thing with a bunch of stuff, where I, I went to one, and it yep. sucked, and then the next one was really good. And I was like, damn it, and I missed it in the theaters. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My only cousin on my mom's side of the family, mm-hmm. my cousin Lee who was a very talented artist and is now a uh, he's a judge in Massachusetts, I believe. Lee was as much of a geek as me and my brothers were, and Lee was uh, he was definitely tuned into Judge Dredd. I feel like he might have been a Doctor Who fan as well. I need to reach out to him and ask him. But, um, you know, I was similarly kind of aware of Judge Dredd, didn't read it consistently. I do remember having—I don't know how it got into the house—but one of us got a copy of an issue of Judge Dread, and it's the one where he becomes a werewolf. Oh,
1: good lord!
0: It's a great story. I think they like rebooted it a few years ago because I think it's a classic Judge Dread story arc.
1: Uh-huh.
0: It was really good, and and then maybe I had one other issue, and it was one of those ones like, much like heavy metal, like. Definitely evoked a feeling of, oh, I'm not sure if I should be reading this, right? Like, I, I think this is almost a. Gr- I know it's a comic, but it feels grown up, you know.
1: Yeah, there was a ton of that stuff. Uh, I mean, there was always if you left Marvel or DC, there was always stuff like, is this porn? Yeah, <laughs> am I am <laughs> I suddenly reading porn? Yeah, <laughs> I'm okay with it. I just want to
0: know. Yeah, yeah, I just want
1: to know. Should I be turned on by this? <laughs> That's right, that's right. Uh, Yeah, do you know who who really did that a lot? You know, I'm a kid of the late 80s, early 90s. Predator. The Predator comic was always just full of boobies. And uh, yeah, I definitely collected. I collected a lot of them because they're also really good, but they just happened to have. There was one that was Predator Cold War Uh that was set literally during the 80s and like the Predator attack almost sparks an actual war. Hmm. He, they, I believe, he attacks Russians first, and then they're trying to figure it out. And Is Russians are
0: dark horse are... comics. Yep. Did uh, yeah. I, I yeah. remember when they were. A, I remember when Predator was a comic. I don't think I ever read them, but um, I definitely remember. It, it
1: was never a continuing series. It was always like, who's got a crazy ass idea? And that's actually where we first got Alien versus Predator was in the comics first. Oh no, kidding. Yeah, and it was <laughs> spoiler <laughs> done much better.
0: <laughs> if I'm reading this right, I think the story I'm talking about was Cry of the Werewolf, which I think showed up from issues 322 to 328 uh-huh. of 2000 AD, which was, if I'm reading this, pages 40, episode 7, page 47, looks like 80, 1983-ish. Wow, Jesus. A couple months in the uh, middle of 83. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I totally thought, until doing research for this, that Dread was a, a 90s iteration. Mm. Because of because Judge of Dread Stallone. Mega City One. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, wow. because of that,
0: yeah. We've talked a lot about um my love of role-playing games. <laughs> yeah. It's downstairs in my basement in a bin. Um, I still own a copy of the Judge Dread role-playing game.
1: Ooh, nice.
0: Yeah, I mean, horrible system. <laughs> like like wow. I, I bought it, owned it, never played it. Published by Games Workshop in nineteen eighty-five. Um, but it's like pristine in the box like it had have
1: you checked that on ebay because <laughs> that might you know, be I, worth some bank <laughs>
0: uh, you'd be surprised when you play D with us we had minis you know the plastic miniatures yeah this game had the cardstock cutouts that would be like you would cut them and then fold them in half and be like a front and back side and slide into a little plastic holder like on a board game oh yeah um but i've got like all of those never cut i mean it's pristine but Sadly, I don't think it's worth anything.
1: So, uh, I'm just saying, you might want to look.
0: Well, you never know. So, we're kind of rambling a little bit. Judge Dredd is a really, really rich mythos. There's a lot of really cool lore. It's a really well established world, which, of course, is what you get when you've got, you know, four decades, four and a half decades to tell a story, right? Sure. You, you know, you can do all kinds of stuff. I mean, spoiler <laughs> as a fan of Judge Dredd, I like this movie. This is a. This is a small scale.
1: So it's so weird that the last episode we were talking about how you don't like slice of life Mm -hmm. movies. And this definitely feels like a slice of life movie. It's just a day in the life of Judge Dredd that happens to go fucking horribly wrong.
0: You are spot on. I had a note for one of our one of the themes to talk through. I, I don't know why this works.
1: Well, I think because unlike a lot of other uh, Slice Life movies, this has a beginning. You know, we have Judge Dredd telling us we're in 2080, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, Mega City won and all that stuff. Then at the end, there's an ending to it. We find out whether or not the rookie passed or failed. That's the overarching thing. If those two things didn't happen, if it literally just jumped in with... uh that amazing chase scene yeah, <laughs> um, and then just ended with with uh, Anderson walking away, it would have a very different feel, and You probably wouldn't like it as much.
0: You're spot on. My note was uh, this is a wonderful small story of a character with a deep, deep lore. Interesting choice. This could really be a single issue or like a two or three issue arc of a story. It's not like world shaking or it's not like tearing down the world. It's just. T- <laughs> this is literally my note. Just another day for G- for dread.
1: And that's the crazy thing. Like, dread is never phased by what's going on to him in this movie. Like, he has moments with the with the what is it called the slow mo, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But he's never like the most wavered. He gets in the movie is when Anderson is taken away from him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the background I, I'm pulling here from the Wikipedia page. Uh, no surprise. One of the inspirations for this character was, you know, Dirty Harry.
1: Mm-hmm. So, and you know who this character then inspired in return? Who's that? Dead or alive, you're coming with me. Huh. No way. Yeah, Robocop. Think about it. Sure.
0: Oh, sure. sure Unwavering
1: sure, sure. in his law. Yep. You know, they just made him a robot, so they didn't get sued by the by the creators of Judge Dredd.
0: Stamped out all the humanity. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. totally fair. That's totally fair. Yep. So uh, Dredd, the character, is created by... The, there's, there's three people who get credits for it. The editor of 2000 AD, Pat Mills, kind of gives some direction to some of his folks. Okay. John Wagner is a writer, and the artist is Carlos Azcara. Spanish artist who had worked for Mills before in a different title took some inspiration from the uh, an advertisement for the film Death Race 2000 which
1: Oh, absolutely. You see the po- David Carradine's the...
0: character Frankenstein, right? The black leather Jesus. Yeah, on a motorbike. Yep. Yeah. Um I, I'm excited to talk about the movie. Let's get through any other uh production stuff. Uh I only got you-
1: one almost cast. Yeah,
0: go for it. Go for it. You ready? Yes, sir.
1: Michael Bean. Oh.
0: Yeah, I mean, this comes out in 2012, yeah. That poor
1: guy, just, there's so many stories of like, hey, Michael Bean almost got cast in this, and I'm like, who did he piss off in Hollywood? Because he's a good actor. Well, I mean, he admitted on uh, Inside of You, uh, Michael Rosamond's podcast, yep. that he w- had a pretty bad uh, addiction problem. So that might have been it. Like, he might have auditioned yeah. well, and they're like, yeah, but uh, he's not very reliable.
0: Yeah, or maybe didn't even audition well because he was fucked up. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's true that's too. Fair. Boy, I'm a huge fan of Michael Bean. That episode sure. of Inside of You is phenomenal.
1: Mm-hmm. We it, can we can recommend going to listen to that. Podcasts true. are not struck work, so mm-hmm. please by all means go search out a Michael Bean's episode of uh, Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Yep. It's wonderful, wonderful discussion.
0: Uh, That would have been interesting. I mean, listen, Carl Urban does, uh, he's he's a perfect dread. I mean.
1: Uh, This is a note later when we got there organically. I am honestly surprised that so many people seem to sleep on Carl Urban. Yeah, how? My introduction, much like all of America, is. Star Trek? Ooh, Lord of the Rings.
0: Oh, sure, sure, sure.
1: That was a couple years before, but then, yes, yeah, and yeah. then he, he fucking had a seance and, uh, you know, resurrected the spirit of DeForest Kelly <laughs> to be Bones in Star oh Trek. God. It's yeah, so right? good. And then, you know, Bill the Butcher. Sure. Red? I, it, it, yeah. yeah. Like, he, even in, like, a thankless role like Red, he's still fucking engaging. He's so good. It's yep. those Kiwis, man.
0: Yeah, he's he is an amazing oh, actor.
1: Is he kiwi or is he australian i don't want to i want to i want to get that wrong
0: yeah there's a difference because one of those countries is populated with animals that just want to kill you he's a kiwi new zealand
1: he is a kiwi just like anthony star is oh is he really yeah because that's oh. where the joke because he uses his new zealand accent on the boys and when they first meet in season one yeah and they you know they they talk when anthony star is walking away he goes Love the accent <laughs> because he's <laughs> probably like, You motherfucker, he gets to use your natural <laughs> accent, and I've got to do this. Oh,
0: bullshit. I didn't realize I did not realize Anthony Star was
1: yeah, that's where he, and he, unlike uh Carl Urban, had a huge career in Australia and New Zealand before doing the boys. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, uh, he was a he was a big deal.
0: Speaking of the boys, which I cannot wait for a new season. Have you seen the trailer for Gen V? No. It's like a spin off live action series. It's in the boys' universe. It looks Ooh. really good. Yeah. It's basically uh, Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters if uh, Vought ran it.
1: Oh, sign me the yeah. fuck up.
0: Yes. All right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go watch the After, go watch the trailer. A couple other production things. Yeah. The guy really writes a screenplay. So the, the creators of the character get credits as they always do, but Alex Garland writes a screenplay. He wrote. Twenty eight days later, sure did. Sunshine, sure did. Ex Machina,
1: oh, sure did.
0: Full disclosure: of those, I've only seen Twenty Eight Days Later, but I think that's the best zombie movie. Well, they're not zombies. Uh, the, the best zombie genre movie. Um, it, it's opposite a Opposite ends of the opposite <laughs> ends of the horror scale of Shaun of the Dead, but in my mind, Twenty Eight Days Later and Shaun of the Dead got me interested in zombies again after. You know in my mind, they were kind of boring for a while.
1: The super pod hero cast does not condone or recommend that you watch Struck <laughs> right. work at this time.
0: Thank you. That's right. That's right. Yeah. gotta make yes, sure and, we get. <laughs> yep, no, that's <laughs> We're mentioning totally a fair. lot
1: of shit this episode. That's I'm totally like, fair.
0: oh, danger Rick Robinson. That's right. Pete Travis is the director, mm-hmm. he directed a lot of TV stuff, like more, yeah, than... And it
1: and it kind of shows. It's this movie is very much shot. He's not aside from like the mind palace. Mm-hmm. Scene and a couple little things here and there. It's very much shot like a like a TV show, and okay. that's not a bad thing. It's not a and bad thing. Just, no, no, no. Yeah, lots of good
0: TV shows have action, and the action is shot really well.
1: The action is shot beautifully. You know what's yeah. nice about it is that you can tell everything that's happening you can at see all times. Everything. Yeah, <laughs>
0: exactly. He did direct the movie Vantage Point, which mm-hmm. was the yeah. one where you know, depending on which character was telling it, it was different. What's that, uh, Rashomon? Is that? Yeah,
1: I was about to say, Todd. In the film business, we call that. Rashomon. Yeah. Right. After the movie Rashomon.
0: Akira Kurosawa. Is that a Kurosawa movie?
1: Ooh, fuck. I should know that. Let me... Hang on.
0: Yeah. Akira Kurosawa. Yeah. Okay. Kurosawa. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes, it is. Please edit that yeah. to make me sound smart. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a good yeah. movie. I've seen it. I just... I couldn't remember if that was Akira Kurosawa or if it was it. someone else.
0: Which refers
1: to so Tracy from
0: Wisconsin, if you listen to uh, Smart List. Uh, so that refers to a story which is told with essentially multiple unreliable narrators, right? Like you're you're getting a, a character's perspective on what's happened. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. It's kind of doing the whole like when you hear two sides of an argument, there's this person's point of view, there's this person's point of view. And somewhere in the middle is the actual truth. Got it. Okay. I okay. It's been a while since I've seen Vantage Point. Probably since Mm -hmm. it came out, and it came out when I was working at Saturn, so that should probably tell you how fucking long ago that was. Um, Hey,
0: kids, Saturn (laughs) used to be an automobile manufacturer.
1: Until during the government uh, bailout of them, they decided they weren't going to hold any of the promises that they had made. Yeah, they're like, oh, we're not going to cookie-cut our cars anymore. All of our cars, all the Saturn cars, suddenly became uh, Vauxhall and um, Opel cars from Europe. Opals. In fact, in Vantage Point, there's a whole uh, car chase at the end of the movie, and I'm sitting there going, "It's a fucking Saturn Astra. What hmm. the fuck?"
0: I feel like I said, "Where did I see opals?" Maybe when I was in Korea or when I was in Kuwait.
1: Probably more in Kuwait. Okay, uh, you might see some in, in, but it's it's a European line. It's b- okay. very British. Um, hmm. But yeah, I don't remember in if in Vantage Point you see the true truth or they just move along with the story and like surprise this character that we've been following is the bad guy. That's hmm. a mild spoiler, but I'm not telling you to go watch the movie, so I don't care if I give that's a mild right. spoiler.
0: <laughs> the last thing in production we typically talk about is the money because that's mm. how these movies get made. This movie has a budget between 30 to 45 million. At the box office.
1: Hang on, before you continue. Yeah. Dear TSPHC Army, if you watch this movie, again, not saying that you should, but if you've Mm -hmm. seen this movie, just put that in mind. 30 to 40 million in this movie looks like that. God damn it. That's amazing. Bravo to that production department to make a 30 to 40 million dollar movie look like a 150 million dollar movie. Yeah. Yeah. There's never a time in this movie where I was like, well, the budget's showing right now.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, the kind of post apocalyptic nature of the world, it's mm-hmm. got to look distressed and worn and dirty.
1: And that takes a lot of production. To do
0: that and not have it look cheap or cheesy, right? And it doesn't ever look cheap or cheesy. Right. Lucas got worn away and with it
1: in 77 with Star Wars because that's all he could do. And now. We're still stuck in it in 2023, making everything in Star Wars look distressed. I'm like some shit could look nice. I mean, well, at one point it came off the assembly line. L- listen, it didn't I, come I, off the assembly line. And a bunch of little knots came along, and went eh, dar, 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 and beat it up.
0: I think we've shared this on the podcast. I, I think, you know, a couple of years ago, we took the kids to Disney and we went to Galaxy's Edge and mm-hmm. came around the corner. And there's the Falcon in the docking bay. And, and you cried. And it's dirty. I cried. I yeah, of
1: course that. you did. And yeah. listen, all those it's the Imagineers, cracking, man, yeah, all those Imagineers were like, mission accomplished. Yep. some middle-aged sure white dude cried,
0: crying. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. Uh, so that thirty to forty-five million dollar uh, budget, sadly, translated to a box office total of about forty-one, <laughs> 41 and a half million dollars.
1: Ooh.
0: So that's a commercial failure.
1: Yeah, um, that's why we didn't get a two. Even though yeah. the, the end of this movie totally sets Judge Red too.
0: Yeah, I mean, and again, to your earlier point, like, this is just a day in the life of dread, and it's, um, you and I were talking when you picked me up from the airport um, about Hellboy. You -hmm. know, I think, you know, the David Harbour Hellboy very much felt like a day in the life of Hellboy, less epic than the Del Toro Hellboys. And I I love the Del Toro Hellboys, but a totally different feel of that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we are getting into the weeds of, I I, I want to say, probably when we did Batman 89, uh-huh. would have been our first repeat actor? May, oh, no. Or was it Spider-Man? Whoever it was, we always were like, hey, we can't compare this actor to that actor. We're getting to that point where we kind of have to start comparing this actor to that actor because what Carl well, Urban's doing in this movie, compared to what... Uh, Sebastian Stallone shits all over the film in Judge Dredd is um, what's the word I'm looking for Um, better
0: <laughs> yeah. hang on to that thought till after we're done with this movie because I'm going to pitch an idea to you which I've previously pitched in private but mm. I'm going to pitch it in front of all of our listeners and they're oh. going to make you agree
1: no they're not no. <laughs> How are they going right. to like, like, make you agree? They're, they're gonna, not going to hear this for like until they're going to make you agree.
0: They're going to hear
1: this till the end of October, man.
0: It's the universe.
1: Wait, is this, this is the fourth? So, this is the end of October. Happy Halloween, everybody. Yeah, that's right. That's We right. did a spooky movie. Whoa. Drugs are scary. <laughs> Speaking of a movie, why don't we uh, roll that film? In 2080, most of the United States is a dystopic, 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 dystopic. Yeah. yeah, dystopic post-nuclear war wasteland known as the Cursed Earth. I mean, honestly, I am surprised who made it to 2080. That's <laughs> yeah. the shit show that we are right now. Yeah. People are getting kicked out of musicals. <laughs> That's topical, topical, uh, folks. But, but
0: will they remember Lauren Bobert's shame? You know, a month from now.
1: Sure, I mean, she'll do something else stupid before then. That's totally fair. On the East Coast lies Mega City One. Boston to D.C. is over 400 miles. I already said that. Yep. Violent to Metropolis with 800 million residents and 17,000 serious crimes reported daily. Now, I didn't do the math here, but that seems very low. I was just about to do that. It's 400 miles of land that the, that the judges have to cover, at least... Mm-hmm. Let's say six hundred, going the, going uh, east to west or however you want to do it. Like not just a straight line, but east to west. Let's say six hundred miles, eight hundred million people, and only seventeen thousand. Se- oh, serious? Well, serious crimes. Okay, that is. It still seems low.
0: That is shockingly low. But well, you know why? Well,
1: well. Oh, and they're reported. I think I'm slowly realizing that I'm sure more shit happens, but it's not getting reported.
0: Well, yes. And yes, yes I'm and. sure that's part of it. And in addition, you know, uh, this is not a system in which I would expect you see a lot of recidivision recidivision recidivision. Yep. Let's try that again. This is not a system in which I feel like you see a lot of people as repeat offenders. <laughs> Recidivism. There it was. Um, so first of all, death sentence is very common
1: mm-hmm. because this is not, you go to jail and then you get a trial. The trial happens right then and there.
0: Yeah. So the judges are, you know, judge, prosecutor, jury, executioner, they kind of do everything. There's a term that, and again, I feel like if you know, judge dread, like there's lots of little bits of fan service here that isn't necessarily apparent. They don't tease out. But it's it's very true. Death is obviously self-explanatory, right? And the sentence for a number of these offenses are death. There's another sentence that is referred to like passing the ISO cube. The ISO cube, yeah. Do you yep. know what that is?
1: I imagine it's something similar to what's in Minority Report. You're hooked up to some sort of machine.
0: Uh, that's actually not bad. No, I, I'm sorry. This is not bad. The ISO cube is not bad. There's a. No- I feel like it. Uh, and again. Our listeners who are better equipped for this need to keep me honest here. So the ISO cube is basically, it's like isolation in a prison. You know, you're shut away. You got contact with nobody. You know, they stack them like cubes, like in Cabin in the Woods, where all the monsters are stacked like that. They just throw them in there, and you're, you're there forever. I feel like there's another <clears throat> punishment that's actually the horror one, which I think is brain burning or something. Brain... Uh so I'm gonna need somebody to uh to keep me on. Maybe I'm mixing properties. I feel like there was another punishment in the comics. It's basically like mental torture. It's like torment and it feels like an eternity. so
1: that's that's more like what's in minority report.
0: Yeah and and maybe I'm conflating these. If somebody remembers this, keep me honest.
1: And also from this point on, if you could send audio reshoots, we'll yeah. just start doing bonus episodes.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: to Control, in pursuit of vehicles, Sector 13. As I already said, the amazing slept on Carl Urban plays Judge Dredd, and he is tasked by chief judge with evaluating the new recruit, Cassandra Anderson, or as I like to call her, a actress who could play Anna Kendrick's sister. <laughs> <laughs> You're not She's wrong. She's very Anna Kendrick-esque, sure. which made me immediately fall in love with her.
0: Olivia Thurlby? Not, Don't
1: know her from anything else, but yeah. I was like, "Hello."
0: That's <laughs> that's what I'm wondering. I'm just looking to see. Oh, she was in Juno. Oh, way-
1: that's right. She was in Juno, right? I remember looking her up and be like, "Why did I know, know this lady?" Oh, she's
0: got a lot of. She got forty three acting credits. Oh,
1: you she- know, honestly, yeah. I th- I thought I'm like, oh, she must have gone on to be like a Game of Thrones actor or something, and that's where she's been for the last. You know, like the the villain in Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation, and Fallout. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he's got a big, huge beard. In the second one in Fallout, I'm like, he must be a Game of Thrones actor, because you could kind of tell the male Game of Thrones actors, because they'd like have huge fuck off beards and they'd have their hair slicked back. You're like, right, Game of Thrones, right? Yeah, you can't <laughs> <laughs> you can't cut that shit off. But there's huge breaks in between seasons, right? But no, she wasn't a Game of Thrones actor.
0: I feel like you're referring to um, Tormund Giantbane, uh, Christopher Hivju,
1: the guy with the, the red, big, with the red, big red, red
0: beard. Yeah, yeah, he
1: awesome. was the one. He was one of them. Same thing with Walking Dead actors. Sure, like um, one of the gang members in Game Night was a featured actor on a, a decent arc on The Walking Dead. Huh. Long, long hair, big, huge beard, and I'm like, oh, that's just your look. Huh. <laughs> or maybe he was filming at the same time because it was Atlanta for both.
0: Um, the actor who played Braun.
1: Was he the one who was obsessed with uh, The Big Tall Lady?
0: No, that's Tormund Giantsbane. Oh, redhead- that's Tormund. Yeah, okay. who, is, who is a, a fan favorite. Braun of Blackwater is a... Uh, he's a mercenary that uh, cares about nothing other than advancing himself. He's the actor who had previously dated Lena Headey, Cersei, mm-hmm. And so as a result, she had an agreement or... There was some unspoken rule that, like, they wouldn't be in scenes together because apparently it wasn't a an, uh, a friendly breakup.
1: So this uh, is not a Michael Sheehan, uh, Kate Beckinsale situation?
0: No, no. So the actor is Jerome Flynn. And he's, and Jerome Flynn as Bronn is a wonderful character in Game of Thrones. Jerome Flynn, though, however, had a music career before he became an actor in the same way that, have you ever seen Ricky Gervais's music stuff? Before he, oh,
1: good lord, no!
0: Yes, he was like a, a British kind of pop. He had like a pop duo oh, my thing. My God! Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay.
1: In the Academy, her record is never better than borderline. Her final Academy score put her three percentile points below a pass. So what's she doing in a uniform? Cassandra Anderson is a powerful psychic. He's a mutant. And I feel like when. The Marvel Studios? Mutation. Well, no, Marvel Studios must have been like, they get to fucking use the word? Well, I I don't think you can, you can't trademark, I I mean, you you can't prevent somebody from
0: using a word in the common definition of word. Mutant was a word before uh, X-Men were a thing.
1: But they absolutely, that was part of, we went over this with Age of Ultron. I. That's why it's the Infinity Stone that gives Wanda and... Pietro no. their powers yeah
0: well the di- yeah but the difference is though that is geek fight that's because the mutant collection of characters and stories was specifically like those were specifically licensed to another company you can't just say no one can use the word mutant
1: uh, I'll I'll ask you this yeah. has anyone said the word mutant in the MCU
0: the difference is that's like Marvel like they can't. Ref- they couldn't refer back to the things that they had specifically carved out and sold, but like XYZ studios telling a, you know, telling a post-apocalyptic story and having like these mutants.
1: But that's what I'm saying. Like, (laughs) Marvel Studios were like fuck we can't use the word that everyone wants us to use that's why when deadpool came out if you remember the word mutant is said like 6 times in the first 5 minutes it's clearly a giant fuck you to 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 Marvel Studios being like mutant mutant we're saying mutant fuck you we can say mutant <laughs>
0: All right. I hear you. I hear you.
1: Oh, okay. No, I Uh, I hear
0: you. I I don't agree with that perspective, but I'm acknowledging. You don't agree with the
1: actual lawsuit case that this is what the judge's ruling was, that we talked about in Age of Ultron. You don't agree with stuff we've already talked Uh, uh, about. Wait, wait,
0: wait. wait. (laughs) I don't remember any discussion about. A lawsuit? In a- yeah,
1: because Marvel and Fox were both going to use Quicksilver in the same year. So they sued and countersued each other. It went to court. And the the thing was, you can use Quicksilver because he was an Avenger, but you cannot ever use the word mutant so you know what disney ended up doing they bought the fucking studio it's the most iron man move or bruce wayne move of all time oh we can't use this one word we'll just buy the studio so we can use it
0: um i'm not disagreeing with you i don't think that that happened i don't think there was a lawsuit i don't think there was a ruling I, i yeah i okay i'm willing to be convinced otherwise but I'm not Dang. starting from a place of uh, believing that. However, a couple things about the opening of of Dread. Um, so yep. I think the opening voiceover uh, here by Carl Urban, it's really effective. America is an irradiated wasteland. To your earlier point, right? Like, it it tells us just enough of what we need to know. And it drops you into this world with this great action sequence. And I think you're good, right? I mean, like, even if you're not coming in to this as a Judge Dread expert, between the opening voiceover... The look of dread, the judges, the decay that we see of Mega City One. You know, if you do know the comics, I mean, you these opening 90 seconds, I'm like, oh yeah, this is Judge Dread. I'm here for this. And it's so much better than the Lycra and Spandex Sylvester Stallone Judge Dread, right? Like this is what the comic was trying to tell us. Despite uh the law, this
1: uh,
0: this is what dread was.
1: Yeah, I what is it? Three minutes, if even that of the opening monologue is spliced out in between the opening shot of the desert wasteland to Mega well, City One.
0: My note is the opening voiceover by Carol Urban's really effective at telling us what we need to know in the first 90 seconds.
1: 90 seconds.
0: Even less than that. Yeah, yeah.
1: And at no point at the end of that am I like, wait, what? Because yeah. it is it is a very simple story in the end. Sure. Bomb went boom. Most of America's gone. They've done away with the justice system. They have streamlined the justice system. Streamlined the justice system. Sure, yeah. they've cut out all the red tape. The traditional justice system. But it's just, yeah, I'm like, um yeah, that's probably where we're headed.
0: Now, in a 200-story slum tower block called Peach Trees, <laughs> drug lord Madeline Mama Mad- Madrigal Executes three rogue drug dealers by having them skinned alive.
1: Ah. Fucking,
0: now, Lena Headey, I mm-hmm. think, is a phenomenal
1: actress. Um, a former Sarah Connor.
0: Yes, that's right. I appreciate her willingness to be ugly inside and out. Cersei, Game of Thrones, inside, you know, in my opinion, one of the ugliest, if not the ugliest character in Game of Thrones. And in this movie, like, the this big facial scar that she has Mm -hmm. um she's just a great actress i I, i'm kind of surprised that she
1: hasn't done more to be honest with you but but i think a lot of her life was taken up with game of thrones
0: yeah yeah that's fair that's fair
1: she probably had to like mentally detox from cersei at the end of every season right like I, i it's limited knowledge of game of thrones i would have to like that chick was hardcore yeah <laughs> and gets her comeuppance by one none other than Hannah Waddingham. So that's wonderful.
0: That's, well, yeah. And of course, Cersei gets her revenge. Cersei gets her revenge.
1: Yeah. It, oh, is that the green the green flame thing? N- no, no,
0: okay. no. She would have been lucky if she had uh, incinerated in the dragon fire. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm never gonna I'm never gonna watch it. So. Oh, the mountain who is... Move it along, guys.
0: uh, You know, Mama is pretty brutal as well. So these three rogue drug dealers, she has them skinned alive, and then they are infused with Slow Mo, which is an addictive new drug that reduces the user's perception of time to 1% of normal, Mm -hmm. and then thrown down to the atrium from the top floor.
1: So when we are introduced to Mama, the Wikipedia here says Mama. Like, it has a hyphen to make it see but like, everyone just says mama it's not mama it's mama yeah like it's very strange i don't know why but well, anyways this, uh, this um,
0: story summary though also has um it's it, so the reference in a 200 story slum tower but
1: with an e yeah Yeah,
0: so i wonder if that's a british that uh, might be person yeah.
1: but uh when we're introduced to mama we find her on slow-mo like, in the bathtub, doing the cool little splashing yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, drug yeah. 101 never sampled the product, so we already know it's not going to be good for Mama by the end of this film.
0: Or has she flipped the script, and she's figured it out?
1: <laughs> well, it's kind of, well screenwriting 101, uh, continuing the 101 theme, much like if you cough into a handkerchief and blood comes out, you're dead by the end of the film. (laughs) If you are a drug dealer and you sample your drugs, you're dead by the end of the film. That's
0: fair. Okay. That's totally fair. Dredd and Anderson are sent in to investigate, and they learn of a drug den, which they
1: raid. (laughs) Great fight scene.
0: (laughs) My note here, and it would have fit in with with your note from a second ago, the movie really goes all in on the slow-mo effects. Mm -hmm. so that's probably the place where it feels the most like a big budget movie is the slow-mo effects
1: definitely Mm -hmm. definitely i mean what i'm sorry what year did dread come out 2012 okay so the matrix is very much done by that point yeah, yeah, yeah yeah just it's such a it's such a niche time in in cinema that that early 2010s maybe the late 2000s where everything is oversaturated but Mm -hmm. not like over like it's like they just tweaked it up a little this whole movie has that feel to it like when all the lights go out in a minute when lockdown happens and it's so red and like how fucking long is it going to look like this? Because I'm going to get a headache <laughs> real soon. And I'm so glad the the, the lights came back on. Like, oh, so they got it. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. they got it. Because that was too much for my brain.
0: <laughs> Dredd and Anderson arrest a thug named Kay, who Anderson's <laughs> mind probe reveals to be the one that carried out the executions. And Dredd decides to take him in for questioning.
1: Now, why does he take him in for questioning? What does he say to Anderson? You sure? 99%. Can execute a purple ninety nine percent. That's right. It's yeah, just yeah. such a great little moment to show you. Yes, Dread is the law, and he is going to follow it to the letter. There's no bending or breaking it. Yeah. Like you're not hundred percent. Let's take him downtown and figure this out.
0: Yeah, I think that's an important point. And and you know, from my recollections of the comics, that's very true to Dread. Like Dread truly serves the law as his single ideal. Right, the law mm-hmm. is everything. And if it's 100%, she's not, okay, that's not enough for her. Because his offense would be death, right? Like that's, you know, it's murder, death, right? But not at that level of certainty, you know?
1: Even if she said 99.9, I guarantee you dread would have still yep. taken him in. Yep. Like it's got to be 100%. And,
0: and the crimes that he witnesses in front of him, yeah, no problem. The the sentence is death. Bam, 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 bam. Right. Like, well,
1: because the, they try and kill a judge. So sure. well, it's yeah.
0: Sure. Um now, uh, in response to this, Mama's forces seize the tower's security control room and seal the building, closing its blast shield doors under the pretext of a security test.
1: Hey, did you recognize this yeah. hacker?
0: Uh I didn't recognize him, but I saw the name as I was going through it. And then I was like, holy shit. And I was reminded that he's from a Large family of actors,
1: and uh, you know he's uh, your fav- from your favorite part of the Star Wars franchise, the sequel trilogy. Uh, he's you know he's General he's, Hugs. Oh, that's right, he
0: is. So yeah. Dom, so Domhnall Gleeson, son. Domhnal, what is it? Domhnal. Domhnal. So son of the wonderful Brendan Gleeson, mm-hmm. uh, who was in Twenty Eight Days Later. Mm -hmm. by the the screenwriter of this film
1: uh the screenwriter's first major movie ex machina where he directed it also Dom gleason is in that
0: oh i didn't realize that
1: you should see ex machina do you like Dom gleason uh he's i mean i'll
0: be honest with you i did not make the connection until you just said it that
1: that he's general hugs
0: yeah 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 i mean he's he's wonderful in the in the sequels, I just don't like the
1: sequels. And the third of the trio, f- pretty much, of that movie is Alicia Vikander. So, like, you should you should see Xbox. Okay. And that's really good. All right. All right. Well, it's, very, it's very Black Mirror. If you like Black Mirror, you, Todd, not our audience, because I cannot tell our audience to watch anything. Sure. You, Todd, Me as person. my friend. Yes. I'm saying... You would probably like that movie.
0: Okay, that's fair.
1: But make sure it's not on a struck platform or anything.
0: That's fair. That's fair. So my question here is, mm-hmm. oh, and then the last thing, of course. So the you know the this uh, closing sealing the building uh, prevents the judges from leaving or summoning help. Have you seen the movie The Raid?
1: Yes, this is right out of the right raid.
0: Right out of the raid. Yeah, yeah. And
1: I'm fucking here for it. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as the blast door started closing, I was like, oh,
0: "It's the raid." <laughs> now, you know, can't tell exactly when the movies are made, right? We can really see when they're released without doing some digging. So, this movie's released in 2012. The Raid was released in 2011, only a year before. So, no, you know, it's no way could they have been directly influenced by The Raid. It's it,
1: it women have been influenced, but there might have been some Hollywood talk uh, because they don't. While it's while it's the raid, mm-hmm. it is not shot like the raid. Sure, say sure, for sure. one scene has like raid esque feel to it. Yep, but the raid is its own. Like Jesus Christ, the raid movies are so good. They really um, are. They really are. So I think someone like Hollywood inside channels, not like stealing, but just being like, hey. There's this uh lockdown movie that's gonna come out called The Raid. Maybe that can be a part of the pun like maybe they were in punch up for yeah. dread and they're like, Maybe it's a maybe it's a lockdown. Maybe yeah. that's why they can't get other judges in there. Like, well, listen, it's the- totally story breaking in the room hearing about the-, the raid.
0: We know if there's one thing Hollywood loves, it's piggybacking one movie onto another movie that seems like it.
1: Especially if it's from Asian films. Yeah, Well, I'm looking right at you, the depotted.
0: (laughs) Well, that's just a a straight up translation. But like, you know, Volcano comes out the same year as Dante or, you know, right at the same time as Dante's Peak. Armageddon, Mm -hmm. Deep Impact.
1: You'll never guess which one of those two I like better.
0: I'm assuming you're going to say Deep Impact.
1: Oh, Armageddon. Oh, so Armageddon's just dumb fun. It's
0: pure popcorn fun. It's just
1: dumb fun. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. When Steve Buscemi's on top of the the nuclear bomb, yeah, and yeah. Um, your friend from the parking lot, uh, uh, William Fickner, says, Fichtner. Yeah. "Get off the nuclear <laughs> warhead." I'm like, I know what fucking movie I'm in, and I'm but I'm just here for it. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't that's care. I, early Bay is good, fun, stupid fun. Like, yeah, listen, The Island, I'm, The Rock. I, Armageddon. I will, I sign will fight me up.
0: people over the Rock and Con Air. Those are great movies. Those, Con no, Air I,
1: is right on the no, edge for I me. It's said still, what it's I said. still <laughs> super. No, no, it's still <laughs> super dumb fun. But I think it's when Bay started getting in on the joke. I, That's my only problem with it. I don't hate it. I will watch it. It's not as high as the Island or Armageddon or Put the Bunny, bunny Back in the Box. The box. Um, what the fuck was his name? Mullet Ogee, Mullet O'Houlihan. O- That's his new name.
0: Y- y- Nick Cage's <laughs> ter- character. Oh. That
1: stupid fucking mullet. It's so uh,
0: bad. <laughs> uh, his character is Cam- Cameron
1: Poe. Cameron Poe. He's a ranger. And and Bubba Gump.
0: <laughs> and Bubba Gump. That's right. That's right. God I mean, damn listen, it. listen. I, uh, I I don't know. So you did a spinoff series of. Uh, you know, Star Wars movies for a podcast series You know, my I'm sorry, what did I do a spin-off series I was on? Star Trek, same thing You know. you, you <laughs>
1: absolute motherfucker I
0: could 100% <laughs> do like, my life through action movies because action movies are my longest running favorite genre
1: So there was a great one with uh, River Butcher when they were Ria Butcher and their then wife Cameron Esposito, and oh boy, what was the third host name? I can't remember, but it was action movies from the seventies, the eighties, the nineties. Whenever it was called Wham Bam Pow,
0: Wham Bam, and it was
1: wow. really I I've cool. Never heard of that? Yeah, it yeah. was because it was. I think, I think the third host was also. uh Uh, LGBTQ so it it took all these very masculine very like machismo action movies and put them through the queer lens and it was really interesting interesting. and fun podcast and it just kind of disappeared and then obviously when I'm I'm assuming I'm kind of you know behind closed doors guessing what happened was yeah when Rhea came out as River and transitioned to a man Cameron Esposito who is a lesbian was like, "Well, that that's not going to jive with me anymore." Right? Like And if it's something oh, else, you know, who cares? It's not our they business. They were
0: married from 2015 to 2018. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: And they had a they had a funny show on I think CISO called uh Take I My Love Wife. My Wife. Take, My, Take Wife. My Wife. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was cute. I liked it a lot. I was like, "Oh, this is cute. I like this this is fun." And then, you know, good for river if if they are more comfortable in their skin then absolutely go right ahead and do what you got to do
0: i'm gonna note that so i see um pow ran for a couple years 2013 and 2015 i'm gonna have to go find that all right
1: yeah i don't know if you're a lot of podcasts are going behind paywalls behind paywalls during the strike because they're like well you got nothing else new to listen to (laughs) you gotta pay now fuckers (laughs) So Mama orders Dredd and Anderson killed, Mm -hmm. forcing the judges to fight their way through a dozen armed thugs. Enter the raid.
0: Through dozens, not a dozen. Dozens.
1: Dozens, yeah. Yeah. Dozens of armed thugs. Uh, Arriving at the 76th floor, the judges are assaulted by Mama and her men with rotary cannons through (laughs) the walls, killing numerous residents. The judges breach an outer wall and call for backup. Hey, Todd. Yes, sir. Do you remember earlier when I said the thing about uh, how Lena Headley is a former Sarah Connor? Yes. Who else has a really famous scene with a rotary (laughs) gun? Well, that would be the T-1000. Oh, that would be the T-800. It is Arnold who does it.
0: Oh, is it Arnold?
1: Yeah, it's not the oh, two thousand. right, right, right thousand right, right. doesn't need guns. He's got knife hands.
0: Well, yeah, but he, can, he can't
1: kill from also a put that on the, the list if we do this action podcast. That's yeah. got to be on there.
0: Oh, it's one hundred percent.
1: Yeah, uh, 100%. it may be the opening uh, <laughs> episode. Oh, yeah. That I, is, I that wonder is? how
0: I would approach that. I wonder if I would approach that chronologically or no. thematically. Okay, well, we'll we'll at we'll do- that. Listen, maybe that maybe that's how we talk about Roadhouse. I wish, I wish, I, I wish I, I should have captured your face Absolute on the camera. Absolute
1: asshole. <laughs> so in the beginning, yes. when they're entering the building, you see like people skateboarding. You see all this stuff. Yep. Like, set, my favorite thing is the bum, or oh. the unhomed person. I believe he's called a bum, but he's an unhomed person. Sure. And they stop. Rookie. <laughs> Judgment.
0: Vagrancy. Three weeks. ISO cubes. But prioritize murders.
1: Correct. Don't be here when we get back. And then at the end, when they're bringing him out, or when they're bringing him out before the lockdown, he's like... Warned you. Get up. You're headed for the cubes. That's hilarious. (laughs) He gave him the out, he didn't. But when they jump through the wall, when this uh, rotary cannon is happening... Sure. You mean to tell me that the skateboarders that they find Mm -hmm. are 80 fucking stories up? With no guardrail? Fuck you. You're gonna die. You're gonna do an oh, Ollie the I wrong
0: did, way. No, I didn't interpret it that
1: they ju- they were up on the seventy seven uh, seventy nine the seventy-sixth floor. Yeah. Okay, so there's seventy-six floors up. Oh
0: you mean when they when when Dredd and Anderson get up there?
1: When they jump out and then they're on the the skateboard. They didn't go 76 floors down.
0: Oh, I totally. <laughs> was, I totally. Oh, miss, yeah. I totally. They missed are that. fucking yeah.
1: 70. I'm like, nope. I'd be like, we're going to skateboard where? I'll see huh. you on the ground. Thank you very much. Interesting. I'm not doing that shit.
0: All right. So that's okay. a that's a that's a hard pass for you.
1: That's a hard pass. I'm not even getting on a state port because I <laughs> will die. Meanwhile, Mama sends her henchman Caleb to search for the judges. When they meet, Dredd throws Caleb off the tower in full view of Mama. Pretty <laughs> rad moment.
0: Yep. One hundred percent. Dred suspects that Mama is desperate to keep Kay quiet and beats him for information. Anderson reads Kay's mind and learns peach trees is the center of the slow-mo production and distribution.
1: My God, the 11 esqueness of this scene is just delicious.
0: What is that? 11?
1: 11 from um, Stranger Things.
0: Oh, like literally, yes, when yes, she goes yes, into yes. her mind, yeah, I, yeah, it, yeah. all
1: that's missing is the, the small layer of water on the ground.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's so good. That's a great scene.
1: And the very Black Widow uh, twist of Kay thinking he's like hurting Anderson by showing him sexually assaulting her. And yeah. she just pops up on the side, like, hey,
0: yeah, and then Mama bites this his is, dick off. Yes.
1: Yeah. Oh, you know what? A better analogy—it's Freddy Krueger. Sure, sure. My, You're in my playground, bitch. M-
0: my thought was, um, and again, I know that I referenced it a long time ago. I don't know if you ever went and watched it, Dreamscape with Dennis yeah. Quaid. Yeah. Sure did. Yeah. Right. Like it's 100 when uh, when he shows up. Uh huh. Right. Like in the yeah. in the corrupt is it the corrupt vice president's dream? Dennis Quaid like, has learned president? how to, Yeah, because the vice president is trying to start the... is trying to have the president assassinated by... Sure,
1: that old uh, yeah. Hollywood cliche. Yeah, right? Yeah.
0: Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good. Oh, never mind. Nope, not touching that. Okay. And... Todd. <laughs> <now, John. laughs> yeah. Uh, Anderson suggests that they hide while awaiting assistance, but Dredd insists they move up the tower and pursue Mama. Mm-hmm. Judges Volt and Guthr- uh, Guthrie respond to Dredd's call, but Mama's computer expert denies them entry by persuading them the security system is malfunctioning. A pair of armed teens confront Dred and Anderson.
1: Oh, my God. The safety's on bit. Uh, yeah. It's a very well-worn uh, cliche in Hollywood gets me every time because it's always the safety's on. And then the second part of it is always something different. Sure. Die Hard with a vengeance. When Sam Jackson tries to shoot Jeremy Irons at the end and it mm-hmm. and he just takes it from him, he goes, safety's on. <laughs> Turns it off, shoots <laughs> kneecaps him one. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I think it would be very easy to Laugh at Carl Urban's portrayal of Dread is like, well, it's it's stiff and robotic, but you've got to do it so well to not look stupid and he never looks stupid when he's doing it.
1: And he just has his mouth to give. Yeah. And there's a full performance from Carl Urban in this movie.
0: And most of the time his mouth is doing the frown that is judge Dread like you know, it's just it, it, it is a it's yeah. a it's a it's a frown. There's no other way to describe it. But he's all—he's got it on his face more often than not, and it's perfect. Like, oh my god, that's dread.
1: Yeah, he does such a good job. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, now the so the pair of armed teams they confront Dredd and Anderson, which allows Kay to disarm and overpower Anderson.
1: So after Anderson uh, is taken away, Judge loses uses non lethal because they're kids. Uh-huh. He even yeah. at the beginning he was like, you don't have to do this. Like you can walk yeah. away right now and nothing bad's going to like, I, I love that. I love, I love that. Yes. He is the law. He's not the punisher though. He's the law. He, but do uh, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's no,
0: no, no, you're right. Yes. It, there's a subtlety here that you might miss from the, the raw violence.
1: And sadly, I think a lot of people like, like your Walter White's, uh, your Tony Sopranos, they're going to miss uh, even the fucking Punisher, any and and no offense to law enforcement officers here, but any law enforcement officer that I see with the Punisher logo on their car, I'm like, hey, that's not uh, what should be on your car. <laughs>
0: that's right.
1: Yeah, Literally, that's right, that's right. serve and protect, <laughs> not yeah. punish and kill.
0: Uphold the law. Yeah, right.
1: There's such a subtlety to what Carl Urban is doing. Mm-hmm. that I feel it got missed. And that's not, uh, you know, his fault or the um, the director's fault or DP or anything. It's just, I don't know. I think it very much helped that my first viewing is to watch this as a, with a critical lens. Sure. To notice the really amazing job Carl is doing in this movie.
0: He is. And I'm of the opinion you know, it's a smaller scale, but I think taking on a character like Judge Dredd is akin to playing the Doctor, right? Like it is an iconic British character. Yeah. Not to the scale that the Doctor is, but um I think it's in that it's in that ballpark. And yeah, that's a you know, that's a big swing. And I think he crushes it.
1: This is 2012, right? So just four years or three years earlier. He did an American iconic character in bones like sure like sure. at this point his agent was like Carl, please stop <laughs>
0: And he's like, why? I can do it. Yeah. I mean, he's wonderful. I love him in Priest. Uh, I watched that a couple years ago. Sure. Like, the use of the non-lethal. Again, if you're a a fan of the comics, the rich lore of Dread's world, Mm -hmm. the lawgiver is his gun, right? Yeah. And it must have made the list of, like, the most iconic comic book weapons ever. Sure. It is so cool. It's voice-activated in terms of selecting different ammunitions. It's keyed to that specific judge, which they beautifully show us later in the movie when mm-hmm. someone tries to use a judge's gun. Um, early on, <laughs> I think it's, a, it must be in that chase sequence in the beginning, right? He kind of taunts the guy hotshot. Mm-hmm. Of course, hotshot is the name of the incendiary round. <laughs> and or, I'm sorry, not the incendiary. It's the heat seeker round. Uh-huh. And that's the one that, uh, you know, is triggered by that. But reading the comics, that was always one of the coolest things, his motorcycle and his gun. Like, that's
1: the job. Oh, yeah, and he insisted. Carl Urban insisted, I saw, uh, on doing all the motorcycle stunts. Mm. And I'm like, okay, yeah, like it, leaving the police station, sure. That highway stuff? Uh, I guess he's wearing a helmet, so sure. he's protected. But still, it's, fuck, Kiwis are hardcore. That
0: motorcycle, it's a weird design. Um, I mean, it's, it's the the a plant on
1: top of a, another bike. That's obvious. Yeah, yeah.
0: but but usually it's a very vertical riding position mm-hmm. for such a long bike. I would expect either it's you know like a reclined like a ch- like a chopper or leaning forward like a racing bike.
1: Like, like like the Akira bikes. Oh no, they lean back. Tetsuo's bike in Akira, you're right. You've never seen yeah. Akira, have you?
0: I've never uh yeah. I have not. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell a, by your
1: face, like I don't know what that is. Yeah, sorry. That's okay. Oh, and his bike is called the lawmaster also.
0: Yes, yes. The bike is the lawmaster. The gun is the lawgiver.
1: Giver. Giver. Okay, yeah.
0: Yeah. Kay then escapes with Anderson as a hostage and takes her to Mama's base on the top floor.
1: So, good on Mama. Now then, what am I going to do with you? You're going to do nothing. Sooner or later, the Justice Department is going to come through the blast doors looking for their judges. I'll find their bodies all shut up. One on level twenty five, one in the slow-mo town. Just a bust that went wrong. That means no torture. No raping, no skinning, just a bunch of bullets to the head and chest. Because we still have a uh you know, a plot device to to make sure that happens in universe, that it's a it's a raid gone bad. Um sure. and, you know, Casey was like, Oh good, rape is off the table. I don't have to worry about Anna Kendrick's sister uh getting raped. <laughs> Sure. Okay. So while Dred works uh his way towards Mama, she calls the corrupt judges Lex Kaplan, Chan, and Alvarez. Again, much like the two judges we were mentioned earlier. First time I'm hearing these names. Yeah. Uh who <laughs> the four of relief, oh, Walton Guthrie, those are the other two. And are allowed into the building. Judge encounters Chan and suspect uh, and is suspicious that he does not. Ask about Anderson's status. Seeing his yeah. cover is blown, Chan attacks Tread. Yeah, this is you know, cop one hundred and one. This is the badge in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Also, yeah, Die Hard with a Vengeance. When he's in the elevator, he sees the the cop.
0: Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah,
1: it's it's that. It's yep. the co- it's 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 that little detail like that a cop's going to notice, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, like Chuck.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right.
1: Chuck and I have had this conversation. Like, oh, I'll send him like a cop movie to watch. He's like, oh, I figured out it was this person like 20 minutes in. I'm like, goddamn your cop brain.
0: <laughs> it's the real deal. Yep.
1: It's no, it's no joke. Chan attacks Dredd, but oh, he's killed. R.I.P. Chan, Big we surprise. barely knew you.
0: You don't fight the character who the movie is named after.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. How's right before he killed him, she like, don't you know the name of this film?
0: It's mm. not. Chan,
1: it's dread. <laughs> That's a place where people are terrible to each other. For Chan, <laughs> oh,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. That's most of social media, honestly. Meanwhile, Kay tries to execute Anderson with his with her own weapon, but the pistol DNA scanner does not recognize him, and it explodes and takes off his hand. Hey, America, this should be tech on every single <laughs> gun. Maybe not the exploding um, the hand, but. They have this. I've seen it. They have fingerprint ID for gun handles now. And I'm like, mm-hmm. then just put it on every gun. If you have the technology. Oh. Sorry. Okay. I'll get off my, my yeah. bleeding heart liberal soapbox right now.
0: Now, my only quibble here. I love this bit because this is totally true to the comics, right? Yeah. That gun is Anderson's gun. Nobody could, but Anderson can fire it. And not only can they not fire it, if you try to use it, it's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. My only quibble is, I feel like if I remember, like that's common knowledge, especially Kay is not some low level thug. He's clearly an upper echelon captain in mama's organization. He should know that he can't use her gun. So I like the fan service, but in universe, that doesn't make sense.
1: Counterpoint. Okay. Okay. Kay has been through some shit today, including <laughs> seeing Mama bite his dick off, to which he, yes, he sure. leaves a little piddle on the floor. Sure. Um, which you know he had thought about in a you know, in a positive oh, context, 100%. not the biting. No yeah, teeth. Yeah. No teeth in his yeah, no scenario. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> Maybe and, a little bit. Maybe like likes it
0: rough. We don't know. No well, kink yeah, yeah, you know?
1: yeah. Sure. I will never yuck anyone's yum, as long as That's everyone's fair. consensual. Do what you you're going to do. Do what you do. Yep. That's right. So he's got that layer. He has been constantly trying to one-up this judge since she went into his mind probably before then. I think it's just a moment of, I fucking got gotcha, I didn't. And she wasn't thinking. He wasn't thinking. I think, yes, it is absolutely fan service at the same time. But in-universe, that's kind of the workaround fan uh, canon-ish. Yeah. That's fair. In universe, if you're a judge and someone gets your sidearm and tries to kill you with it and then it explodes, then you don't have a gun either. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's there's fair. No guns. Yeah, that's totally fair. Sure. <laughs> like, I
0: mean, I guess the counterpoint is you didn't have it anyways. Right. right. So there's no guarantee it was going to come back to you. Better that it destroys and takes out someone who wasn't authorized to use it.
1: That's fair, too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah sure yeah listen it's a tough universe <laughs> it's a tough universe yeah it ain't my little pony
1: yeah thank god that i will probably not be alive in 2080 uh I would, I would be 99 i'm good um
0: i'm totally going for it 109 yeah totally going for it you're gonna be
1: 109 <laughs> got the youth serum so
0: i'm a i'm a hearty inhaled 35 year old yeah oh boy
1: uh, Anderson escapes and later encounters Kaplan, who she promptly kills after reading his mind. Love that moment. That was so yes. good. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, you're a yeah. bad guy. Boop. <laughs> yep. Um, elsewhere, Dread kills Alvarez. Like I love that these these judges come in, these corrupt judges, and are just unceremoniously mowed down like yeah. Nazis in ninety nine percent of other movies. Like yep. they are just there for cannon fodder for you to cheer for the hero.
0: You mean Nazis in our fiction, but not in reality? Because remember when Nazis were the villains that we could always love to hate?
1: Yeah. And now one of them's A running for time. the fucking president of the United States. Two of them, mm-hmm. technically. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. put two of them. Oh in sure. There. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck both of them. Um, yes. I
0: mean, not literally, but no,
1: no, metaphorically and cosmically. <laughs> sure.
0: Yes. Karmically, yeah.
1: Yeah. Karmically, cosmically, both. Let's. As many ways as we can. With a big
0: galactus purple dick. Yeah. Yes. Yes.
1: Absolutely. A horse head nebula sized dick. (laughs) Elsewhere, Judge kills Alvarez, but runs out of ammunition. He is subsequently shot and injured by Lex. But Dredge stalls him long enough for Anderson to arrive and kill Lex. Hooray.
0: Also, a very time honored trope that done a little bit different everywhere right like star lord to dance off no i'm just dis- i'm uh distracting you silly mm-hmm. stupid or whatever it is right like, i'm distracting you you big turd blossom i love that gambit here the thing i really love is when dread is shot he is shot without making a sound right uh-huh. like he like he uh you know it's an echo of you know the wonderful book that a horrible movie was made about starship troopers Oh, yeah. There's a bit in the book that I, I'm sure is not in the movie, but um, the mobile infantry, when they're ordered to freeze, they freeze in place no matter what, and there's a whole thing that happens where a recruit is atop of, like, a fire ant mound, and he moves during a freeze, and that's, like, a horrible offense, and mm-hmm. bad things happen. But um, but, but the idea that, like, <laughs> like you freeze, like, You know, this legend that, you know, mobile infantry troopers have been, you know, shot and killed while in a freeze without ever making a sound. That was 100% what I pictured. I was like, oh, yeah, that's totally dread.
1: That, uh, I need to pause for a second. I just got a message from Elliot saying, please give me a shout out on the podcast. I need the money.
0: Okay. Uh, Where can our listeners go check out their stuff?
1: I don't know what she's talking about. (laughs) I just doing the shout out because I love her. <laughs>
0: oh, Elliot, step one, make sure you have a platform of distribution. Step two, get the shout out.
1: I mean Come she on. has a TikTok, but it's private. So that's
0: what I'm saying. It, she's got a TikTok a but it's private. private she yeah. doesn't
1: she doesn't post. She posts like one video. Um but uh, other other well Elliot,
0: those are amateur numbers. You gotta get those numbers up. <laughs> Those are, rook- those are rookie numbers.
1: Listen, she doesn't listen to the podcast. She's never going to hear this shit. She <laughs> just can hear, hear me this. upstairs right yeah. now saying that she's uh, got the shout out. I think she just sent uh, you me. You know what's
0: unfortunate? Wait,
1: think... wait. Uh, she says, thank you so much, Daddy. Uh, heart emoji. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh.
1: You're welcome, Bean. Uh,
0: yeah. Um, you know, I th- think that, uh, and, and forgive me, does Elliot use they them. It varies. Um it
1: varies. Okay. she them, but she them. She also okay. will take her. She's fine with okay. Um I'm Elliot... finding her generation is just like just fluid. Yeah. I'm cool okay. with that. I don't care.
0: You, you know, so I have seen some of her um TikToks, <laughs> and she has some really interesting creative stuff there. I, I think there's
1: there's a there there. There is a there there. Um, she auditioned for the fall play are you, <laughs> and that, and her. there it is. There it is. Uh, and she just wrote, are you talking about me? 100%. No. <laughs> um, totally, yeah, she auditioned yeah. and she had to tell two jokes today. How? Oh, oh, awesome. oh, my pronouns are she, her. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, why yep, are you yelling? yelling? She can't hear you. <laughs> I,
0: yeah, yep. I know. As soon as I yelled, it, I
1: heard it. Yep, <laughs> yeah, I, heard it. I saw it on your face. You're like, thank you. God damn it. God damn so it. the other Hollywood trope, like you were yes. saying, the the right. distracting you dumb turd blossom, all that good stuff. Yep. It's slightly not ruined, tarnished by Judge Dredges because he's like, oh, the great Judge Dredge begging for his life, begging me to wait, and then he gets shot. I wish he hadn't been like, wait for her to shoot you. What in the Fast and the Furious is this bullshit dialogue doing in this great movie? <laughs> That's belief. probably what I'm going to cut. Yeah, Like, it, it okay. could have just been him going, that <laughs> like wh- yeah, why do sure. you want me? because like, I think he says why do you want me to wait or something, whatever it is. Yeah. Like there could have been like a punch up of that moment mm-hmm. that okay and didn't uh, again didn't ruin the movie. I just went huh, that was some crap dialogue in this movie. Suddenly,
0: he, I, I mean, listen, dread is not is never a monologuer, right? Like,
1: and that was what weird about it. Like that's the most strung together words I think he has of the entire mm-hmm. movie. I'm like. We're going to waste it on, like, a cut Arnold Schwarzenegger quip?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Ready? Yeah. You look ready. Anderson and Dredd obtain the code to Mama's apartment from her computer expert and confront her. Mama tells Dredd that if she dies, a device on her wrist will detonate explosives on the top floors, destroying the building. Because of this... Dread predicts that the detonator's signal could not reach the explosives from the ground floor. We're a kilometer above ground. What do you figure the ranges on that thing? Got to get through a hundred levels of concrete about 200. So bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. I would argue he has a theory.
1: <laughs> yeah, he has a pet theory. He's not even to theorize. He's just like, "Nah, eh, if I throw her, maybe." He's a little reckless with that. Let's put that to test. I mean, well, hold on. I, I it's it's surprising that Judge Dredd can ride a motorcycle with balls that big. <laughs> They go
0: in the back like in a, the uh, law he just basket. Lobs yeah.
1: him over the back like over a shoulder, like a hobo like bindle. A yeah,
0: continental soldier. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> wait, I don't know forces... which one was
1: better, hobo uh, builder, think... or continental, continental soldier. soldier. Yeah. All right. Do well. they
0: hang low? Do they wobble to and fro? Now, dread don't forces... tie him in a
1: knot for the love of God.
0: <laughs> D- oh. dread forces Mama to inhale slow mo and throws her down the atrium to her death. In addition to that being a gamble. Other than, like, the narrative device of, you know, hoisting the villain on their own petard, <laughs> right, did he have to give her the slow-mo, or is that just to make sure she really pays the penalty before she dies, right? Like, it doesn't change, like, the timing of the explosion. Is that really just more punishment?
1: Yes. And I think that also kind of puts a hole in both our reasoning during this whole movie, Judge Dread is the law 100%. This is personal, this is a personal moment for Dread to, um, to take a little
0: extra, a little vengeance in addition to justice.
1: Yeah, yeah, and okay. I mean, she's guilty of the crimes. She's she, he's he's laid out that she's going to die by death. Yep. I think maybe in his mind, yeah, she probably already does this drug.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, you know.
1: Hey oh from you a, know what it's probably eye for an eye because the don't they figure out that the people that fell
0: yes that yeah, they were they on knew, slow-mo also? They knew they were on slow-mo, <clears> yeah.
1: So yeah. okay, so that's probably what he's going for. I,
0: I mean, it's definitely it definitely fits in like the the storytelling, mm-hmm. like from the macro perspective. But if you go to Dredd's perspective, I don't understand why he does that. I mean, listen, as an audience, I like that. Okay, right. Sure. It's better. And I and I'll say this. The sequence in which she's falling, and right before she dies, and as you see the ground coming slowly, and she kind of, like, turns her face.
1: And squishes uh, her face, and it just fills with blood. It's awesome.
0: That's pretty good. I mean, if you accept that this is a violent movie, I like that part. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't make sense to me for the character of Dread.
1: Yeah, I mean, my brain went to the behind the scenes of having to shoot that. Like, all I can think of is that they just squished... A piece of glass on Lena oh. Headley's face. It's sure, like,
0: they 100% did the mammogram, right? Like, they squished her face like a boo. Yeah,
1: it's like Fight Club. you ever seen the stuff for that? <laughs> How they no. do the... Him shooting himself in the end. They just shot an air compressor into his cheek to make it puff out. And you see oh. it in slow motion. Ed Norton, like, whips his head back. And then he comes back for it. He goes... Fuck! <laughs> like, ah, it's yeah, got to be I, so uncomfortable.
0: I don't think I would like that. Either. No,
1: yeah. The behind-the-scenes stuff on uh, Fight Club is great. phenomenal. Uh, yeah. yeah, The the audio commentary is Brad Pitt, Ed Norton, and uh, David Finchner. And they are just... Brad Pitt and uh, Ed Norton are just fucking around the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, at one point, they, they say to him, David, it's too dark in this scene. No one can see anything. And finally, Fitzgerald's like, "Guy, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, <laughs> either talk about the actual movie or just... <laughs> right. Nice. <laughs> All right. So, in the aftermath, Anderson accepts that she has failed her evaluation by getting disarmed and leaves. Chief Judge asks Dredd... So, how does she do? Is she a pass or a fail? And he responds... She's a pass. So, she passed... But in the end, when he does his monologue at the end, closing out the movie, it's just him on the bike. I absolutely expect they're not partners. I feel like that's what they were setting no. up, though. Uh-uh.
0: Uh-uh.
1: So Anderson's just a one off character for this film. Boo.
0: No, well, no, listen, she could have come back. I mean, if there was a Dread, too, she could have come back as somebody that Dread trusts, which is, you know, a smaller list than the universe of, Dr- of judges. <sighs>
1: yeah I just I kind of wish we'd had a little more like does she become a cop because I mean or a judge I, uh, again, I think if
0: you're viewing this as this is a this is Tuesday for dread, yeah, right like yeah, he'll probably run into her again, you know, at the in the cafeteria
1: call her, at her the filthy fall beauty
0: mixer, you know, like, yeah, but um this didn't reset his world because Anderson is in it you know unlike Judge Dredd right where something's happening that's going to like change his world no 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 this is Tuesday God why do you keep okay Be...
1: so uh, wait uh, so, we got it we got it yeah, there's I, I, rhyme I, 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 and reason yeah. here sir and that is yeah and movie So before you do your little thing, let's yep, do our questions, yep. and then yes, yes, I'm sure the audience has already figured out what you want to do.
0: But let, uh, me uh, let me tell you why.
1: Let me tell you why. Hang on,
0: we got some questions. We
1: sure do. Hey Todd, yeah. who was your favorite In character? Seven seasons, you would hey, think. Who you was your favorite know? character?
0: Okay. Listen, I just so said it. <laughs> this is a movie where the title character gives me what I want. Of course, it is
1: dread. Oh, it's got to be. It's dread. Yeah. If yeah. it's not dread, you weren't paying attention to the movie.
0: A hundred percent. Not to say that there aren't movies where the most interesting character couldn't be somebody that the movie's not named after. Yes. Uh, yes. We, he- we 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 hear you, our friends and our public. But yes, uh, yes. In this one, it's totally dread. Oh yeah, somebody, hey, somebody,
1: uh, somebody hit us with that. Who was that?
0: Uh, was that? Will?
1: It might have been Will. Sorry, Will. I don't remember.
0: Or was it Matt? Was it Matt?
1: Sorry, Matt. I don't remember. It, it yeah, was either it was... Will or Matt or a third person, and I also apologize to right. that.
0: <laughs> Listen, friends, we've been drinking. So wow. yeah, who's to say? Uh, I've been drinking. So who's to say? Hey Casey. Hey. What what is the best scene in the movie?
1: Oh, there's a lot to choose from in this. You know what? It's the opening scene because it, it sets the scene for yeah. the rest of the movie.
0: And it's perfectly executed. It tells us everything we need to know. It's, And again, obviously, I'm not a person that violence is you know upsetting to me. Some people will not like it. But the good news is if this is not a movie for you, you know in the first – Three minutes that you know what, this is not a movie for you.
1: Also, a reminder we're not here to tell you whether or not you should watch this movie, we're just here to review it.
0: I'm saying myself that's right, the like the royal you here. that's right, that's right. Um, yeah, oh no, I'm with you. If opening that opening sequence, yep. perfect. There are other great action scenes as well, mm-hmm. but that sequence does a great job of like, here's the world, here's what you need to know, and here's the way it's going to feel.
1: All right. So since we just talked about what we thought was so good in this movie, is there anything you would cut?
0: So there's there's nothing I would cut. It's not a long movie. It's it's like an hour thirty-five ish. Hour forty. That <clears throat> hour forty four. Hour forty four with mm. the credits. Yeah, so it's no no. Oh no no. My runtime is ninety-five minutes on wiki. So an hour thirty five. Oh really? Oh,
1: okay, I thought it was yeah, an hour forty four. Okay.
0: No, and with the with the credits, like it's even shorter. For me, there's nothing I would cut. I, it's a good movie. Uh,
1: if I absolutely had to cut something, it's tre- it's Dred's uh, line after. Uh, Got it. One yeah, line. Yeah, yeah no, j- or just yeah. punch it up. Make it something different. It just it clanged for me. I was like, yeah, okay. Mm, <laughs> I, can't, sure. I I I had that going differently in my head.
0: now this is an interesting one Casey who is the actor having the most fun
1: so I'm gonna say Carl Urban because he still to this day says he would play this character again in a heartbeat yeah he likes this character a lot and I hope it happens someday Uh, listen we're we're getting every other comic book character coming back for a new iteration let's get him a, a a redo, And obviously, Star Trek 4 is not happening. So, right. <laughs> and he can only, right. there's only so much farther the boys can go before I go, all right, either fucking kill Homelander or Homelander kills the boys. Like, this back and forth, yep. I'm getting done with pretty quickly. I oh, hope, I hope it. next season might be the final season.
0: I, so, I. I agree with you for the exact same reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Carl Urban is having fun, even though this character doesn't look like he's having fun. But I, but I do think, um, but I think there's a lot of people having fun here. So Wood Harris is the actor who plays K. Yeah. Um, I think he's having a great time. Like he's, uh, so he's on my radar. He was in a, uh, a short arc on justified. One of my favorite TV shows. Sure. Um, He's a great actor. You know, I think he gets to have a lot of fun in this. I mean, he he, he was on The Wire, right? Many people have said the greatest show ever on TV. Um uh, I think he's having fun, but I but I do think at the end of the day, I you know, I think Lena Headey mm. might be having fun here. But but again, I think it's I think it's Carl Urban 100%. Um
1: Yeah. You don't think Lena Headey? I oh, know, no. That's a really. I mean, this is one of those movies oh. where there's just an embarrassment of riches of who could be having fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, Casey, go ahead. Do you do you recall the IMDb? Oh, right. Score? We do this first.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah this Seven point one. Twenty twelve.
0: Uh, 7.1 is the IMDb score. Yes. So how do you, is that your rating? No, or no, no, no,
1: no, no. That's far too low. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's like in a, a nine, a solid nine. It's yeah, super enjoyable. That's exactly what I yeah. was thinking. It's not, it's not a home it, run. It, Cause it, it, it's not
0: changing my worldview. Mm-hmm. It's not a new philosophy, yeah. but it's a fun watch.
1: Yeah. It's damn good fun. <laughs> it's not clean yes, fun, agree. but it's good fun.
0: It's good fun. Mm-hmm. Agree. Um, So, Casey, here's my pitch.
1: Uh, I think right now what what we're going to hear is one of our wives say. And now it's time to
0: pick. But there was a record scratch because I've got an idea. (laughs)
1: Motherfucker.
0: So what I'm thinking is, if I look back, Casey, we're in our seventh season of this podcast, Mm -hmm. which is, first of all, hard to Mm -hmm. believe. But here's a short list, and I, I may have missed some, but major characters. So I don't mean minor characters, background players, but I mean like. Major, preferably title characters, where we've seen multiple iterations, different interpretations, different productions of the same characters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. we've seen mm-hmm. Batman. Mm-hmm. We've seen Captain America. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've seen the Punisher. Sure. We've seen the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We
1: sure the fuck have.
0: We've seen Superman. We have. We've seen Spider-Man. Yes, yes. We've seen Hellboy.
1: Sure. We've seen Hells Boys.
0: We've seen Hellboys. I suggest Mm. that we don't pull a random movie for our next movie. Mm. I suggest Mm -hmm. that we lean in Mm. on the discomfort that we've referenced. Mm. Let's bring up the admittedly shitty Sylvester Stallone, Judge Dredd, Mm. and let's do an immediate compare and contrast of these two. I think that would be an interesting new take. For our podcast. Mm -hmm. What do you think, man?
1: I'm going to use a phrase you use with me all the time. Yeah. I hear you. (laughs) Because my answer is unequivocally, Uh, fuck no. I don't want to do that. But if we, no. But now, I will say this. I will say this. Hang on. Hang on. Okay. Uh, okay. I I have the floor. Thank you very much. You Mm -hmm. asked me a question, I'm going to answer it. I'm not even going to wait for the translation. Don't wait for the translation. (laughs) If we had pulled Judge Dredd and you had presented this and be like, I think you'll enjoy it better. Yep. I probably would have said yes. But the fact that you're trying to sell me on a movie worse than Roadhouse, um, no, I'm not doing it.
0: First of all, point of order. How dare you? (laughs) Second of all, here's why.
1: Oh, I love that you're still trying to argue this after I said no.
0: Well, wait. Here's the
1: upside though. Oh, then we're done with it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah.
0: yeah, Wait. Not only are we done with it. If we wait and we pull it, then it's going to be just another regular episode. We're going to go through the whole thing. If we intentionally select Judge Dredd now, we can spend less time talking about Judge Dredd and more time about contrasting. These two different iterations of this character.
1: You know what we I can, You know what I'll say. I'll put this all at the previously on the Superpod HeroCast <laughs> for when we <laughs> organically pull. But then the then absolute to, shit show.
0: But then you have to go back, and you've got to pull up this and find the salient moments. This just this will just wrap this up nicely in a bow, and then like my 1990s Captain America that I dreaded in Howard the Duck. It's over. It's in the rearview mirror. You never have to think about it again. I'm going to put
1: my Randy uh, Jackson-esque <laughs> glasses back on and say, "Yep, it's a no for me, dog.
0: It's a no for me, dog? Okay.
1: Right. <laughs> Valiant Listen, effort. Folks, I, 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 I give you five gold stars for your for your effort, pitch. but no, Thank you. I don't want to do it okay. because okay. I don't want to watch that movie. Now, as we said on the car ride from the airport... Watch sure. you pull it organically right now, and then I quit the podcast. Now
0: listen, possibly if, rage if I quit. pull it. If I pull it organically, I am going to. What's the opposite of hate watch? I'm going to love watch it so hard. Oh, I'm going to love, love watch listen it so hard. Wouldn't
1: that? Wait a minute, hang on. Wouldn't the opposite be love listen?
0: Well, no, the movie we'd, we'd still but, be watching. But, it. But I'm saying, this, like when I go to watch but, it.
1: To be pedantic, which is my favorite thing to do, you have uh, to opposite both those words. So the opposite of... I, I hear you. Yeah. I hear oh, you. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Just yeah, pull a yeah, fucking movie. I hear you movie. right back. I hear you right back, you mother. Yeah. All right.
0: And now it's time to pick the next movie from Thor's helmet. Because we're still in the front half of this season, I have of the slips. So yeah. I'm just picking a slip. There's a number of slips in here. One of them says Judge Dread, And it could totally be the slip that I pulled tonight. And if it is, I'm going to show you on camera, mm. which our audience won't see, but but you'll see.
1: And then you will see a black screen, and I yeah. and the audience <laughs> and will and hear
0: like, oh, Casey. Hello, Todd, right. flailing Damn to it. try okay, and finish it's the not episode. Thank Judge Dredd. Thank I, can, I can Lord. tell there's too many letters. It's not Judge. Dredd. Oh boy. Oh fuck! You know what? <laughs> you should have listened to me. You know what? I'm holding you responsible for this. <laughs> you should have listened to
1: me. What are we watching? So. Oh boy.
0: I'll say. Keeping in the theme, Uh keeping in the theme of characters that we've seen multiple iterations, Uh we're gonna watch. We're gonna watch a movie with a character that we've seen before, and I'll tell you, we're watching the shittiest version of that character next. Oh no! I hold you responsible.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't. I have no idea. (laughs) So we will
0: be watching the 2005 extended cut of The Punisher. Starring Mr. Thomas Jane. Wait a minute. This and is not
1: the shitty. John Travolta. How fucking dare you? You he- think. Wait a minute. Hang on. Yes. Hang on. Oh, yes.
0: Hang yes.
1: On. Yes. No, I said what I said. You think.
0: I said what I said.
1: Dolph Lundgren's version of The Punisher is better than Thomas Jane's. Yes. yes. That's a
0: I do. Wow.
1: Yep. I'm going to just spend all next episode showing you how fucking wrong you are.
0: Uh, the fuck you are, because I've seen that movie, and that's not possible. So, let's watch a shitty trailer. I can't believe I'm home,
1: That I could ever be so lucky.
0: We're not lucky.
1: We are blessed. Alright, everybody, quiet down. This is the first family reunion we've had in five years. To the future! The future. the future was something my family would never see. No! They thought they murdered me. They were dead wrong. That man must die. Quit! But your memories kill you. They can't kill me. I'm already dead. Thomas Jane, John Travolta. Make Castle dead. Whatever it takes, whatever it costs. This is not revenge. It's punishment. So, so the extended cut, fuck. That's right. This is one of those ones with a.
0: There's an extended cut. Yeah. Listen, I would rather give me Laundry Day. I'll watch that movie fucking ten times.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Fuck. I'm. Yeah. I'm excited for it. No. I mean, once again, it's no. one that I have to, you know, find a darkened corner of my house like some sort of fucking yeah, goblin that's to watch. right. That's right. I can't that's watch right. this with my family. You're not
0: watching this with anyone in your house. That's right. Nope. Now, would you like to take a guess at the IMDb score for the... Now, this is, to be fair, uh, not the extended cut, it's the, the theatrical release, mm-hmm. but the 2004 theatrical release of The Punisher, starring Thomas Jane. You want to take a guess at the rating? Uh, 6.3. Wow, 6.4.
1: I think it's established canon that I'm really good at this.
0: (laughs) Yeah, clearly. I mean, you made a bad choice because we should totally be watching Judge Dredd, but sure, we can watch this. I'm
1: very happy that we are watching. Yeah, (laughs) I'm very happy that we are watching this. So, Todd, so Casey, that was a a good movie. We're gonna be back. It was a good movie, maybe. The extended version will make you like it more. I don't think so. <laughs> well, you'll have to tune. I in was excited in two No, no, no. I was
0: excited when this movie came out, and when I saw it in the theater, I said, What the fuck? Yeah.
1: Well, you also didn't the like birds of, of it, prey, so I don't the,
0: know. No. The best part of this movie is the Russian.
1: Uh uh, what's his name? He's a f- yep. Famous wrestler.
0: He is a famous wrestler.
1: Fuck. <laughs> Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash. Um already uh, already who, has appeared on this podcast.
0: Where was he in this podcast? Oh, yes, as uh, a Shredder. the shredder. The in, Super
1: Shredder, sir.
0: The Super Shredder, sorry. Phenomenal wrestler, but my favorite performance of his will always be uh Francis in John Wick.
1: Fuck. God. What a great franchise he, that was.
0: Oh, it, uh, not done. I mean, I I've read a theory oh. that <laughs> well uh listen hollywood won't let anything that makes money die but uh yeah all right well listen casey we've expressed a number of theories and and thoughts here if people want to share their thoughts and theories with us what's the best way for them to do that
1: well it's all in our in the liner now so we don't need to do that part anymore
0: Oh, that's totally fair. How about if they want to get a hold of us? <laughs>
1: uh, that, that'll that say here. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us via email, you can do that at superpodheroercast at gmail.com because
0: only Cap writes letters.
1: Tony. If you're listening to this episode, Day of Release, this is an opening night of Sweeney Todd here in Syracuse, New York, more specifically in Fulton. Links to tickets are available in the liner notes.
0: Music for a podcast comes to us from two places. Our theme song is Take a Chance by Kevin McLeod. You can find his music at incompatech.com. Our beer music is Feather Duster by Shane Ivers. Find his music at SilvermanSound.com.
1: So that'll do it for the Superpod HeroCast for this week. For Todd Panic, I'm Casey Ryan.
0: For Casey Ryan, I'm Todd Panic. And I've
1: been your moderator, Danny Ryan. Be heroic. Yeah, hang on. Uh the Super Hero Cats in, in Super uh, Hero Cats. Uh, oh. <laughs> we're, we're guys with milk. <laughs> yeah, talking
0: Yeah, about. yeah listen here.
1: <laughs> there you go. That's for you.
0: Yeah. All right.
1: It's just Captain Marvel's head on a lightsaber. Uh, Confuse right. your enemy. <laughs>